catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the NFL Week 14 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. The road to 272 bets continues and everything's coming up millhouse, baby. Two strong back-to-back weeks, two straight wins by the Atlanta Falcons and are now sole possession of first place in the NFC South. Everything ooh, is going swimmingly after a few weeks, uh, really a whole season of a grind. Let's try to keep the momentum going. Now, the Bengals and Jaguars on Monday Night Football is still going on. It is an uh, overtime right now. I decided to start recording so I wouldn't be up until 3 a.m., but my Jaguars bet is already lost. Uh, Unless they kick a field goal on this drive and then the Bengals give up a defensive touchdown, uh, which the probability of that happening is pretty low. I will lose this Jaguars bet, but still, even with that being lo- uh, lost, week 13, we went 9-4 uh, and four for plus 4.19 units. That's back-to-back good weeks. That brings our season-to-date record for the road to 272 bets to 103.88-2 for plus 9.17 units, uh, which is great. We are now in the final stretch. What, five weeks left? Um, so let, 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 let's, let's keep this momentum going. Uh, week 14 is the last week with any bye weeks, Washington and Arizona both have a bye week this week. So we've got 15 games, uh, to watch and bet on, uh, to finish up the recap from last week. Uh, even though I went nine and four, three and two on best bets, uh, Dolphins, Panthers, and 49ers all won, uh, Saints lost and Jaguars, obviously, like I said, unless, uh, a miracle, uh, are going to lose here as well. Ooh. Uh, Jaguars look like they're going to win on a touchdown here, probably. Uh, unless this is offensive pass interference, Calvin Ridley just caught the ball at the one-yard line. C.J. Bethard, eh? Ooh, I think that went against the offense. If I can, if I can read, yep, third down. Ooh, holding. Ooh, ooh, what a stinger. Um, yeah, week 14, we got 15 games to watch and bet on. I went to MetLife this week and watched my Falcons play, and I deserve to be in the Falcons Fan Hall of Fame for sitting through that game. Um, spending money on tickets, getting all the way out to MetLife, which is not easy to get to when you live in Manhattan. Um, just going in the stadium to begin with, because it's it's an ugly, just big hunk of concrete. I've never been in a stadium that has, uh, less character than MetLife. Uh, it is literally just one big hunk of of concrete. Uh, and then I sat through the pouring rain for one of the worst games of the season, 13 to eight. At least we won. Uh, that is one of the only positives. Um, we won and MetLife does serve Guinness, which is nice. So I had a couple of Guinness and watched the Falcons win a game 13 to eight in overtime. Uh, I got seats that were right, uh, right beside one of the end zones. And of course, all the action almost during the entire game was at the opposite side of the field, and the only touchdown was scored in the other end zone because that's just my luck. But um, I got to take advantage of all the times that I can see my Falcons because obviously I don't live in Atlanta. I don't know why I'll ever be in Atlanta. Anytime they're here in New York, while I'm living here in New York, I got to go watch them play. So even though it was a bad game against one really bad team and one division leader, to be fair, uh, 
<laughs> it was tough. It was tough. Stadium out of maybe 40% of people were there. Uh, it's a rough one. But the Falcons did win. That's all that matters. Uh, and now we are sole possession of first place in the NFC South. So things are things are looking up. Uh, things are looking up. Um, and also, if you uh, are see seeing me on YouTube, by the way, and if you're not watching this on YouTube, obviously go subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, and like this video if you are watching this on YouTube. And definitely subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube and haven't subscribed. Uh, no longer have the mustache. Decided to shave it off. Obviously, I was growing it for Movember. Thank you to all, everyone who uh, helped me raise money. We did reach our goal. at a goal of raising $1,000, and we finished with $1,050. So $50 over a goal last month for men's health. That's great stuff. Thank you all so much. I did consider keeping the mustache because I actually didn't hate how it looked, uh, but eventually a mustache just becomes uncomfortable. I don't know how people live every day with facial hair. It's just you just have this big line of thick hair that's just on your upper lip you can just feel it there all day every day it's just irritating after a while so uh the moment i could shave that off i did after thinking i was going to keep it for a while but like the last four days all i could think about was i couldn't wait to shave it off so no more mustache i'm clean shaven uh and i'm ready to go i'm ready to uh see if we can put together another winning week let's see if we can get up to over 10 units or maybe a more realistic goal let's just hope we don't blow nine units of profit in the last five weeks let's let, let's aim for that shall we uh this is the nfl week 14 episode of the bacon bets podcast the road to 272 bets marches on let's get into it no lisa the only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother i call him gamblor and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws at midfield now uh so jaguars bet officially dead we'll see who ends up winning this game but uh tough to see the jaguar season basically come to an end on that trevor lawrence injury it's very funny well maybe not ha ha funny if you're a fan of the jaguars um but i don't know if you guys caught that if, if you're watching the game but the water boy for the jaguars ran onto the field thinking there was a timeout there wasn't a timeout so they had to call the timeout anyways and then then on the very next play uh trevor lawrence i guess his ankle ooh, his ankle just collapsed uh, so it doesn't look good. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Trevor Lawrence is over for the rest of the year. And that, I mean, the Jaguars maybe have enough wins as is to, I mean, they only got to win like another game or two to get in the playoffs, but uh, their chance of uh, going in the Super Bowl runs pretty much dead um, because a trainer came on the field during not a timeout thing. It was a timeout. Uh, if that didn't happen, they would have ran a play and then obviously timeline would have been different. So devastating stuff for fans of the Jaguars truly and it looks like as the Bengals are now on the edge of field goal range here the Bengals are gonna win this game uh speaking of backup quarterbacks though Thursday night football I know we've seen a lot of ugly games this NFL season but this week's Thursday night football game might be the ugliest it is the Patriots it is the Steelers it is, it is I don't even who played for the Patriots at quarterback I see this isn't part of the issue of me going to the Falcons games I didn't watch any of the other early afternoon games um i don't even know who played a quarterback for the patriots this week when they lost six nothing also the only time uh so bailey zappy looks like he played went 13 to 25 uh 
I can I can absolutely confirm this is the first time uh, I've won a bet on a team uh, who did not score a single point all game. I had Patriots plus six and a half last week. CLV uh, got it done for us. Another reason why you should listen to this podcast earlier in the week because uh, the closing line was five and a half. Would have lost if you were on the Patriots. Uh, I had Patriots plus six and a half. They lose six nothing plus six and a half covers. <laughs> I'll never win a bet like that again for the rest of my life. That's absolutely insane. I guess Bailey Zappi played quarterback. Didn't know I was at MetLife watching the Falcons and the Jets, so I didn't watch any of the early afternoon games. Uh, got home in time for the second half of the uh, late afternoon games. Um, same spread this week. Patriots plus six and a half uh, at Pittsburgh, who now will have Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback with Kenny Pickett uh, down with an ankle injury. Um, I did it last week. I'm kind of glad I didn't have to sweat this game out watching it on red zone, but a cash for us. I'm going to place the same bet again this week. I will take the Patriots plus six and a half once again. Another ugly, ugly, ugly bet. And I know the Patriots haven't scored points lately. 4.3 points per game over the last three weeks. 12.3 points per game this season. But let's look a little, let's look at it a little bit further than just points per game. Because they are actually kind of moving the ball a little bit more than you might think. Um, in fact, they actually outgained the Chargers last week. They had 4.1 yards per play. The Chargers just had 4.0 yards per play. Uh, for the season, the Patriots are averaging 4.7 yards per play. That's 28th. 4.4 yards per play over the last three games. Listen, these are great numbers, um, but these are numbers at least. Like, it's not that they're not moving the ball that they can't score points. I don't know what's going on when they get to the other side of the field, but it's not like they're averaging like one yard per play. Like, they're kind of moving the ball down the field. I mean, over their last three games, 0.4 more yards per play than the Browns, uh, who are finding ways to score points. So I'm not completely giving up uh, on the Patriots. And as ugly as, you know, their final scores have been, let's give credit to their defense, uh, who has been lights out lately. Uh, the defense has given up uh, an average of how many points per game over their last three? Uh, 8.7 points per game over their last three games. Uh, they're now sixth in opponent yards per play for the season. So I think it is fair to say as, as much as the Steelers defense gets credit a lot and i don't think they're as good as they get credit for the patriots defense i think is the better defense in this game and then who knows what's going on with the offenses the total is the lowest of the season it's a total of 30 at some books i want to bet the under but also like with a total of that low though that low like a couple of turnovers you know special teams touchdown here and all of a sudden it's over so i'm not going to touch the total uh i will take the six points i think it's going to be a defensive slugfest i will say six and a half is no longer available um even as of recording this podcast, it was available at one book when I was going through placing my bets and handicapping the games is at plus six and a half at points bet. Um, obviously, it was the first game I handicapped because I go chronological. And by the time I, I handicapped the rest of the games, wrote my notes, and then sat down to click record, I clicked refresh on my bet stamp account. And now uh, at points bet, it's down to six as well. So six all over the place. I was lucky to get it at six and a half right at the last second uh i still like it at six though which is probably the number if you're watching or listening this tuesday morning you're going to be seeing sixes across the board still like the patriots at that number if that if i couldn't get the six and a half i would have just got the six so i'll take the patriots and what should be a defensive slugfest six points i'll take it you guys know my rule generally when it's two trash teams playing against each other take the team getting points i especially believe in that rule when it's six and a half points or six points that we're talking about. I'll take Patriots plus six and a half on Thursday night football. I will not be watching this game. Um, I'll be going to the Islanders game. Islanders and Blue Jackets, I think. Um, going with uh, 
Uh, Islanders and Blue Jackets. Yeah, uh, Brian Kirshner and uh, the D-Gen. Uh, we went to a Yankees game together this uh, this September, I think it was. Um, they invited me to go to the Islanders game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch that instead because if there's one Thursday night football game I'm willing to miss, it's this one. Moving on to Sunday's slate, Ravens and the Rams, and I will take the Ravens minus seven, minus one ten against the Rams. You guys know I've been high on the Rams this season. Um, I've been betting on them quite a bit. Uh, but I think now is a little bit of a sell-high spot after they've won three straight games. Ravens coming off uh, coming off their bye week. Uh, the Rams, uh, I was on the under. as one of my losses this past week, the Rams against the Browns. The Rams were able to throw the ball with a lot more success than I thought they'd be able to against the Browns' defense. But that doesn't now all of a sudden make me want to bet on them to be able to move the ball against the Ravens' defense. Uh, Ravens allow the fewest yards per pass attempt, 4.6 yards per throw. That's .9 fewer yards per throw than the next best team. Second dropback EPA, third and dropback success rate. You can make the argument and probably pretty strong when the Browns secondary is a little bit better, um, but the Ravens play a little bit of a different style. So uh, I think the Rams were able to eat up against the Browns uh, man coverage this uh, past Sunday. I don't know if they'll be able to find the same success against the Ravens defense. And if they do, hey, egg in my face, I'll take the loss. Um, but I back-to-back games against the Browns and the Ravens is, is a tall order for any team. Um, and the Ravens, unlike the Browns, actually have an offense. Um, I'll get to it when I talk about the Browns game, but Joe Flacco didn't actually play as good as maybe the eye test showed us. Um, and the, but the Ravens actually have a good offense, one of the better offenses in the NFL. So I think the Ravens can move the ball against the Rams defense, which is average at best. I think their defense can shut down the Rams offense. Touchdown spread is a, is a little steep, uh, but I will take it. If it gets up to like eight, eight and a half, I'd probably take a look at betting the under instead. Um, but at seven, I, I'm willing to, to place that bet um, on the Ravens. Let's also note uh, a lot of the Rams' success this season comes from their high red zone touchdown rate. They score in 62.8% of the red zone trips. But now they take on one of the best red zone defenses in the NFL. Uh, Ravens' third and opponent red zone touchdown rate, keeping teams out of the end zone with 37.5% of red zone trips against them. That is one area where the Ravens' defense is far superior to the Browns' is red zone defense. Browns' red zone defense, uh, they only rank, tw- they rank 26th. Actually, a big weak point for the Browns. So I'll take the Ravens. Minus seven at home to the LA Rams. Lions against the Bears. Spread is at three at most places. DraftKings, when I bet it, was at minus three and a half or plus 102. I'll take that. I'll eat the half point, and I'll go ahead and take plus 102 odds because I like the Lions a lot in this one. Now, this is you're probably thinking this is strange because I took uh, the Bears on the money line against the Lions a couple weeks ago, and I almost cashed for us. Uh, but I'm flip-flopping. Uh, I'm going the other direction here. Because um, even though we almost cashed that uh, Bears money line ticket against the Lions, I actually thought... The Lions significantly outplayed the Bears. The only reason why the Bears had a shot in that game was turnovers. The Lions had a minus three turnover differential. They turned the ball over four total times in that game. But when you look at the yards per play, the Lions dominated them. 5.7 yards per play to 4.7 yards per play. Um, And we saw what happened uh, when the Lions stopped turning it over. They mounted this huge comeback late in the game. So now as long, I think as long as the Bears don't, you know, have a turnover differential of plus three again in this game. I think the Lions can run away with this one. I think the spread's a little bit too short. I would set the spread more at four and a half, maybe even five. I think we're getting a point, point and a half of value here on the Lions. Um, or even up to two points if you decide to take the minus three instead. Um, and 
I was I was saying for a couple of weeks the Bears are better than people think, and now people have kind of caught on to that. And now you know me, I like to zig when everyone else is zigging. Now everyone else is saying, "Oh, the Bears aren't that bad of a team. They're actually sneaky uh, decent now." Now that everyone else is saying it, now I got to go do the opposite. So give me the Lions minus three and a half, plus one hundred two. Uh, I'm going to fade my Falcons this week. I'm taking the Buccaneers on the money line plus 116. This is my upset pick of the week. I'm trying to, I've been trying to take some bigger shots on some bigger upsets. They don't work out for me. So screw it. I'll just stick to my one small upset pick a week and then try to win on spreads and totals. Um, and there'd be nothing more Falcons than winning two straight games, taking the lead in the NFC South and then losing at home to the Buccaneers who are five and seven. And I think uh, you'd have to go to the, I think, third tiebreaker, and I don't know what it is. I think it's record f- record f- against common opponents. Um, the Buccaneers might be in first place in the NFC South if they win this week and the Saints lose. Uh, if the Saints beat whoever they're playing against this week, the Panthers, and the F- Buccaneers beat the Falcons, we got a three-way tie atop the NFC South. Yeah, so then it'd be a three-way tie. So then I don't know what the tiebreaker would be for that. Did it be a three-way tie atop the NFC South? All three teams uh, at six and seven, and that's certainly possible. Uh, I have some concerns with the Falcons. I have con- some some concerns with their defense. They had two big injuries this past weekend: Nate Landman, AJ Terrell. Uh, both of them listed as questionable. Caleb McGarry listed as questionable as well. I think he's definitely out. Don't know about Landman and Terrell. And if Terrell can't go, then I have a lot of concerns about um, the lack of depth in the secondary for the Falcons. Not good when you're taking on an offense uh, that has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin um, and Kate Otten at tight end, who's a little bit of an underrated weapon as well. So if AJ Terrell doesn't go, that's a big concern for the Falcons. Their offense, they are now a run-first offensive team. They've run the ball on 60.73% of their offensive plays over the last three weeks. That's the most over that span by over 7%. Now they face a Bucks defense that ranks 10th in opponent yards per carry and 4th in opponent EPA per rush. So I think for the Falcons to win this game, I think they got a turn of the arm of Desmond Ritter. Um, and I don't trust him to do that. Uh, terrible game against the Jets uh, outside of that one touchdown throw. Now that was the Jets. They have a very good defense. But I do not trust Desmond Ritter and the Falcons passing offense to get it done. Ooh, Bengals just kicked the game-winning field goal. Jaguars lose. Wow, what a turn of events for the Jaguars. Oh, flag. We got a flag. We got a flag. Of course we do. Uh, but while I try to figure that out while my TV is on mute, it uh, looks like it's over anyways. Um, yeah, I'll take the Buccaneers. Falcons' uh, defensive injuries concern me, and I don't think it's a good offensive matchup for them despite uh, beating the Buccaneers earlier in the season. I'll take Buccaneers plus 116. Yep, Bengals win. There you go. Um... Yeah, so because this game was still going on before I clicked record, or while I'm recording, obviously, just finished, I don't have my bet locked in for the Bengals-Colts uh, game or the Jaguars-Browns game. I have a feeling we're not going to see the odds for the Browns-Jaguars game tonight, uh, but I'm going to tackle both those games uh, in the second half of the podcast after, after I take a break. I will finish. I'll give a few more picks out. I'll then take a break. I'll see if the odds are up for those games. I'll handicap them. Then I'll come back for the second half of the show. So we're going to skip those games. We're going to move on to the Panthers and the Saints. And I'm going to take the Saints minus five and a half against the Panthers. This is the exact same spread the Panthers had on the road against the Buccaneers last week. 
Um, and I took the Panthers and they covered. Now they're on the road against the Saints. Um, I will lay the points to the Saints. I think this is a much... I don't think this is as good of a matchup stylistically for the Panthers uh, as the Buccaneers were last week. Um, I actually would be interested if the Saints start Jameis Winston. I'd be interested to see how that goes with Derek Carr uh, with getting his second concussion in like the past three or four weeks. Uh, and I just, even though uh, I won that bet on the Panthers, I don't want to bet on this offense again. The Panthers dead last in the in yards per play, 29th in EPA per play, 30th in success rate. And now they're playing a much better defense than the Buccaneers defense. Uh, they moved the ball enough to cover the spread last week against the Buccaneers de uh, defense, but the Saints defense is much better. Uh, so I will lay the points uh, with New Orleans in this NFC South battle. Uh, let's do one more early afternoon game here, and then I'll take a break and handicap these uh, other two games here now that Bagwar Bagwars Bengals-Jaguars is over. Uh, Texans-Jets. Come on. Are you really going to bet the Jets? Are you going to take the six and a half points with the Jets? You're a sick fuck if you do that. Give me the Texans minus six and a half. I watched this Jets offense in person. They have gone from Zach Wilson to Tim Boyle to Trevor Simeon. Their offense is atrocious. They have no quarterback. They have no offensive line. The receivers were jogging on most plays. I noticed while watching in person, the receivers just looked uninspired. They're only the only player out there who's trying hard and who's any good is Brees Hall. Um, but he can't beat a team all by himself. Uh, might be a low-scoring game. Totals at 34 and a half. We'll see uh, what C.J. Stroud can do against his Jets defense, which is very, very, very good. But the Texans might score one touchdown and cover the spread. It might be a 7-0 game. Um, the Jets offense, I think, is actually the worst offense in the NFL. I think they're worse than the Patriots. Uh, dead last in EPA per play. Dead last in success rate. Uh, even though the Patriots might be scoring uh, more points or fewer points, I actually think the Jets offense is the worst in the NFL. And with every loss that they have, their team's giving up more and more. I will lay the points of the Texans. I set the spread at like 8.5 which is crazy different from what the spread is set at. I just have no faith in the Jets, especially especially after just watching them in person. Uh, so give me the Texans minus 6.5, minus 110 on the road against the Jets. I will not be going back to MetLife Stadium to watch this game. I can guarantee you that. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that has been the first half of this episode. I will handicap the games involving the Jaguars uh, and Bengals, and then I will come back and give you the rest of my picks for Week 14. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, we are back, uh, and unfortunately, I got to do something uh, for the first time uh, that I'm I've had to do this all season. Um, it is now twelve thirty. I waited like forty five minutes. Books just aren't posting lines for uh, Colts against Bengals and Jaguars against um, Browns. Um, so I'm just gonna have to make my picks here and then just stick with them based on whatever the lines gonna be. Now I did find an offshore book does have a line for the Colts. So we'll start with that. I'm going to assume that the line, by the time it gets released sometime tomorrow, uh, will be somewhat uh, around this line, uh, since this is a market-setting book to begin with. Uh, so for Colts and Bengals, um, I will take the Colts to cover. 
Um, the offshore book currently has them at minus one, so I'm hoping that's where it stands. It was minus two and a half before uh, Monday Night Football. Um, this line move makes sense uh, based on how the Bengals played and the fact they won that it would move down a point and a half. I will. I would have taken Colts at minus two and a half. I will take Colts uh, at minus one for sure. Um, I do not believe in this Bengals team. I don't care how good Jake Browning played on Monday night. I do not believe he is a good quarterback. I need more than one uh, game sample size to believe that he can do what he does. And the Bengals defense, not enough people are talking about how bad the Bengals defense is. They showed it again on Monday night. They are ranked, you know, in the bottom five and virtually almost every single statistic heading into Monday night football. They are dead last in opponent yards per play. Uh, and then they let the Jaguars score 28 points before Trevor Lawrence got hurt. So, uh, I'm not high on the Bengals. I like the Colts. I think they get the job done. I will take the Colts at whatever the line is when I can finally lock it in uh, and post it to my bet stamp. I will take the Colts. I'm committing to them. Uh, and then let's get the Browns-Jaguars game out of the way here. I don't know when the odds are going to be released for this game with Trevor Lawrence hurt. Uh, sportsbooks are obviously waiting to find out the status uh, on him. So at the very earliest, is going to be tomorrow morning. They might not release the line for this midweek uh, as we wait for news on Trevor Lawrence. Um, I'm going to assume based on how Trevor Lawrence reacted, he's not going to play. Uh, the line before uh, Monday Night Football was Jaguars minus two and a half on the road. I'm going to guess they're going to turn into probably a two and a half point underdog, maybe one and a half point underdog. The total was 36, 36 and a half. That's probably going to go down a couple points. What I'm going to do is whatever the total is, give me the under. I don't care if the total is 28. I will take the under on this game. Um, already, I didn't believe in the Jaguars offense that much. A lot of the metrics, the Jaguars offense, they, they were a very average team, uh, according to the analytics offensively. Uh, almost every single metric you look at, they're like 15th, 16th, 14th, 17th. Uh, and that was with Trevor Lawrence. Now with C.J. Bathard as their quarterback, uh, their offense is going to be go from an average offense to a bad offense. And then you have the Browns, whose offense is bad. Now, it was impressive that Joe Flacco could play as good as he did uh, at 38 years old. But actually, when you look at the numbers, he actually didn't even really play that good of a game. He completed 23 of 24 of 44 passes, so barely over 50% completion rate. Um QBR 51.8 and a quarterback rating 75.4. And this is all against a bad Rams defense. So don't believe in the Browns offense with no Trevor Lawrence. Don't believe in the Jaguars offense. Both defenses, obviously much better than their offenses. So whatever the total ends up being, I will take the under. If Trevor Lawrence, it's announced that for some miraculous reason he does play, uh, then the total will probably be around 36 and a half. And I'll take the under. If he's out, I'm going to guess the total is going to be 34, 33. I'll take the under. Whatever it ends up being, I will lock it in. I'll take Browns, Jaguars, under. Now let's move back to games that we do have lines for. Moving on to the late afternoon slate, 49ers and Seahawks, a rematch of a game from just a couple of weeks ago where the 49ers won 31-13 to on Thanksgiving night. Um, I did back the 49ers in that spot, but this time I'm going to flip. I'm going to take the Seahawks plus... 10 and a half uh, Seahawks are coming off a little bit of a mini buy after playing the Cowboys this past Thursday uh, and double digit spreads in the NFL, I think should be saved for when really good teams play against terrible teams and 49ers are obviously a very good team. I think they are the best team in the NFL, um, but the Seahawks aren't a bad team. The Seahawks are an average team, maybe even slightly above average uh, 12th in the league in net yards per play at plus 0 0.2 13th in EPA per play. Listen, we could see another blowout between these two teams. You could see the 49ers win by 20 points again. Um, but also, we could see, you know, the Seahawks play them tight. The Seahawks just played a Cowboys team very tight and was winning the game all the way up until the very end. So, um, 
I think 10 and a half is a little bit too many points. I would, I would set this line just under 10. I'd probably set it nine and a half, to be honest. 10 is a, kind of a secondary key number behind three and seven. So with it being over that secondary magic number of 10, uh, I will take the points with the Seattle Seahawks in this NFC West rematch. Uh, Vikings Raiders I actually have no idea what to do in this game. I wish I didn't have to bet on this game, but this is the road to 272 bets, not the road to 271 bets. Because uh, I actually don't really know what either team is. So when I'm very confused and I don't even have an inkling of what to do, I just take the over. So I'm going to take Vikings Raiders over 40 and a half. Generally, and I've, I've brought this up previously, but I do think that um, sportsbooks have now overcorrected a little bit on the totals based on how often unders have hit. I think now might be the time to take a shot at a few overs. I do have an over bet uh, a little bit later I'm going to be on as well. Uh, I think... I'm going to write this down and see if this comes true. I think from now until the end of the season, overs will hit at a higher than a 50% clip. I'm going to guess between now and the end of the season, overs are going to hit at around a 55, 56, 54% clip, somewhere around there. Uh, Vegas defense has a lot of issues. Not a good defense. 22nd opponent yards per play, 27th in opponent EPA per play. Uh, in the Vikings, their defense has actually been borderline top 10 this year, but Jordan Hicks, they recently lost Jordan Hicks to the IR who, in my opinion, outside of Daniel Hunter, uh, was their best defensive player. Uh, led the team in tackles, uh, kind of did a little bit of everything. So with him out of the lineup for the Vikings, I think that's going to hurt, hurt their defense. Um, I will sit back and root for points in this one. I don't really know what either team is. Uh, the Raiders have actually at times looked better than I expect them to. Uh, the Vikings looked better than the record earlier, the, earlier in the year, and they lost Jefferson, and they lost Kirk Cousins. And then they looked good. I called them frauds. I then lost a couple games in a row. So I don't like now what now what are they? I don't know. A below average team. The Raiders are probably a little bit below a below average team. The point spread is right, I think. Three points in favor of the Vikings. I think the total might be a point or two low. Uh, so I'll take the over 40 and a half between the Vikings and the Raiders. I'm sorry, folks. I wish I had, you know, interesting stats to recite uh, for every game, but there's 272 games. Sometimes I look at a game and I don't know what to do. So uh, give me the over. Uh, Bills and Chiefs. I will take the Bills, obviously, again, uh, plus two and a half uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, I will once again lose money on the Bills. I know if there's an it factor, an X factor, where they just can't find ways to win games, uh, as I turn off my TV, I'm getting distracted by, I don't know what that is, George Santos. Um, uh, <laughs> I know that they don't have that X factor. They can't close games. I know we see it week after week after week after week. I bet on them anyways against the Eagles, and it's more of the same. But at the end of the day, I'm a slave to the numbers. I'm a slave to the metrics. And the metrics tell me they're fifth in the NFL in net yards per play, a plus 0.6. The metrics tell me over their last three games, they're third in the NFL in net yards per play, a plus 1.5. The metrics tell me in EPA, they're fourth in the country or in the in the league. All those metrics are better than the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs' defense is obviously better than the Bills' defense, no doubt about that. But you can run the ball against the Chiefs' defense. 31st in opponent rush EPA, 28th in opponent yards per carry. And the Bills come into this game ranking seventh in the NFL in yards per carry, getting 4.4 yards per rush. Also. With Josh Allen having a week off from the bye week. Hopefully he comes back healthy. Hopefully that means he may run the ball a little bit more himself. If he does, the Chiefs defense could find themselves in some trouble. I I, I kind of wanted to take Bill's money line, but no. Uh, 
in true Bills fashion, I'm sure this will come down to a last-second field goal. So I will take the two and a half points with the Buffalo Bills against the Chiefs. Broncos Chargers. This is the other over bet I was talking about. Over 43 minus 108 in this AFC West battle. No game involving these two defenses deserves to have a total as low as 43. Uh, they're 28th and 31st in opponent yards per play, 26th and 30th in opponent EPA per play, 29th and 30th in opponent success rate, 28th and 29th in opponent points per game. We don't even need to talk about the offenses in this game. Uh, wipe out that 6 nothing win for the Chargers out of your mind. Wipe out kind of the Chargers or the Broncos recent games, which has which have generally gone under. Uh, we're just we got to look at the defenses here, and these are in almost every single metric bottom five defenses across the board. It's as easy as that. This total, in my opinion, should be like 46. I think three points of value is insane on a total bet. I think that's what we're getting in this game. These defenses are atrocious. They've been bad all season. Uh, even the Broncos, I know lately, uh, their defense is better than they were early in the year when they gave up 70 points to the Dolphins. But a lot of their, their success lately came from forcing turnovers. Um, and we saw this past week they didn't force turnovers, or if they did, it was only one. Um against the Texans, uh, and the Texans scored 22 points. Did they get any turnovers at all? Uh, no, they actually, Broncos actually turned the ball over three times themselves. Uh, so yeah, their defense gave it 22 points to the Bron to, to the Texans. So they give it 22 points to the Chargers, and there's a decent chance this total goes over. I'll take over 43 between the Broncos and the Chargers. Eagles and Cowboys. Ah, you know what way I'm going here. Cowboys minus three and a half plus 100. I don't even think I've talked about the Eagles yet. Now, to be fair, I'm not, I'm not going to get on my high horse and brag a little bit because, I mean, you can call a fraudulent team for weeks on weeks on weeks. Eventually, they're going to lose a game. So I can't just take one. I can't take a victory lap from one game. I said a couple weeks ago the Eagles were going to lose three straight games. They beat the Bills. So I was wrong. Yes. Now, I've had Eagles fans in my DMs telling me uh, what happened to them losing three straight games. Like, come on. Yeah, they beat the Bills, but... Did they deserve to win that game? Come on. You need the greatest field goal in NFL history just to force overtime. I, I, If they lose this game, I'll feel somewhat justified. I'll be two and a half right out of three possible games. Uh, they got their asses kicked by the 49ers, but to be fair, so did the Cowboys earlier in the season. Um, but I, what I want to focus in, and that's the reason why I'm going to bet the Cowboys this week, is the defense of the Eagles, which has turned from an average unit to a below average to, unit to a straight up bad unit. Eagles defense, 24th in opponent yards per play, 27th in opponent EPA per play, 20th in opponent success rate, and the most damaging, the most damning part about this Eagles defense um, is their third opponent third down conversion rate. Dead last in the NFL in opponent third down conversion rate. Teams are converting their third downs and the first downs on 47.27% of their third down tries against this Eagles defense. That is worse than the Broncos. That is worse than the Browns. That's, well, obviously worse than the Browns. Worse than the Giants. Worse than the Commanders. Worse than the Cardinals. Worse than every team because it's dead last. Last means last. Breaking news. That's not good. It's going to be hard to win, especially in the playoffs, if you're allowing your opponent to convert all those first downs against you. They gave up 
eight yards per play against the 49ers. Not good. Not good at all. So, yes, the Eagles' offense is still a good unit. Um, I don't have any issues with the Eagles' offense. Uh, it's their defense that's holding them back, and it's their defense. Everyone wants to talk about the pass rush. Everyone wants to talk about uh, how good you know all these players from Georgia are. Their defense stinks this year. It's bad. And even if you look at their pass rush, which is so good, they're 22nd second in sack percentage. They're only sacking quarterbacks on 6.58% of their dropbacks. Their pass rush is not even good. I think the Cowboys are the better team. I think the Cowboys deserve to beat the Eagles last time they played against them. Even though they lost the game, the Cowboys outgained them 5.8 yards per play to 4.9 yards per play. Now they play at home. I think the Eagles win this game handedly. I'll take Dallas Cowboys minus, or sorry, I think the Cowboys win this game handedly. I'll take the minus three and a half plus 100. Uh, and that's a Sunday night football game. That's a hell of a Sunday night football game. Then we got a Monday night football doubleheader. Let me just quickly refresh, see if those Colts odds have shown up anywhere. Because I do, I would, oh yes, they have. So yeah, Colts are minus one at DraftKings. So I am locking that in now. Just let me check to see FanDuel and the other sports books that I can bet at according to the road to 272 bets rules. Uh, FanDuel doesn't have them posted. Points bet doesn't have the Colts game posted. Bet MGM doesn't have the Colts game posted. So it's just DraftKings. So I'm going to have to go with a minus one, but that's what I expected it to be at anyways. Um, so I am going to just there we go locked in now so Colts are locked in so I at least got that locked in live here um the Jaguars uh Browns game the odds are not going to come out for that tonight that probably won't be until we find out the news about how serious Trevor Lawrence's injury is so I'm not even going to bother continuing to look for that wouldn't be surprised if that's not out till like mid-afternoon tomorrow uh, all right, so that's locked in. Let's move on to the Monday Night Football doubleheader. We'll start with the Packers and the Giants, and I will take the Packers minus 6.5, minus 105. I will continue to bet on this Packers team. I've been telling you guys this Packers team is good. If you were to give an award for a team that is most improved based on how they looked in September and how they look now, give that award to the Green Bay Packers. They are a completely different team. Jordan Love looks like he might be a legitimate good quarterback. The Packers fans... Uh, and now they're back in the playoffs, too. They're in a playoff spot right now. Packers fans might be treated to Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and now I'm not going to call Jordan Love a Hall of Famer like the previous two guys. Uh, but does he look unbelievably he, so much better compared to the first month, month and a half, two months of the season? Uh, well, look at his footwork. Look at his decision-making. Um, look at his... Uh, calmness in the pocket look at the ability that he has to use his feet to not necessarily run with the ball but use his feet to buy time behind the line of scrimmage for guys down the field to, uh, to, to get open it's unbelievable it's night and day Packers fans are spoiled they're now 11th in the NFL in net yards per play at plus 0.2 uh now they get to play a Giants team that's dead last to minus 1.6 don't let the Giants latest two wins against the Commanders and Patriots fool you uh, they are a terrible team, arguably the worst team in the NFL. I think Tommy DeVito is going to start for them again this week. Uh, I'm shocked this is a 6.5-point spread. I would set this at like an 8.5-point spread. I will take the Packers minus 6.5, minus 105 against the Giants. And then finally, Titans and Dolphins. Um, 
huge spread in this one. Uh, Dolphins are 14-point favorites at some places, 13-half at the other, at some others. I'll take the two touchdowns with the Tennessee Titans. Now, there's not a lot of metrics I can list off to support a bet on the Titans against the Dolphins. Everything you look at, the Dolphins uh, outrank the Titans by quite a bit, except for two key areas. And they are the areas why, with this being a two-touchdown spread, I'm willing to take the points instead of laying the points on the Dolphins. And that is third down conversion rate and red zone efficiency, specifically opponent third down conversion rate and opponent red zone scoring percentage. For you to cover big spreads, specifically two touchdown spreads, you got to be able to convert most of your third downs and you got to be able to score touchdowns when you get to the red zone. If you get to the red zone and get held to field goals, field goals aren't going to cover a two touchdown spread. The Titans are 15th in opponent third down conversion rate. Not bad. Um, but second in the NFL, an opponent red zone touchdown percentage, which is absolutely massive. They allow a touchdown on only 37.21% of opponent red zone trips against them. If they can if the Dol- if they can keep the Dolphins to field goals when they get down to the red zone more often than not, they have a very good chance of keeping this game within 14 points. Side note, Falcons lead in that category. Go Dirty Birds. Um, but that's going to be the key to the Titans covering the spread. Now, if the Dolphins get down to the red zone and do score touchdowns, because actually I think they are the best red zone offense, yes. They score a touchdown on 75% of their red zone trips, then this bet's not going to win. So this is the key thing to watch in this game when it comes to covering the spread it's going to be the dolphins red zone offense against the titans red zone defense number one red zone offense against number two red zone defense that in my opinion is the story of the game and that is what's going to make or break this bet because let's be honest the dolphins are going to win this game there's probably very few people who think the titans have a chance and i agree with them so nothing to do with the dolphins winning the game like the, Dol- the, the Dol- Dolphins' red zone touchdown scoring percentage is not going to change whether or not they're going to win the, this game. They're going to win regardless because of the, the better team, more talented team. But when we're talking about covering a two-touchdown spread, the story of that is going to be whether or not they can convert red zone trips to touchdowns against the number two red zone defense in the NFL. I will back the defense in this situation. I will back the Titans. Generally, I actually don't think the Titans are, even though they're not a good team, I don't think they're bad enough to be 14-point underdogs. I think Mike Vrabel is too good of a coach to not bet uh, just on the Titans in general as a two-point underdog. Uh, so I will take Tennessee plus 14 uh, in the uh, in one of the two Monday night football matchups. Uh, so there you have it. Those are my picks uh, for this week. Let me go ahead and quickly recap them. I will then give you my five best bets in my teaser bet uh, for this week. Uh, so Thursday night football, we got Patriots plus six and a half, minus 110. Uh, then Sunday, Ravens minus seven against the Rams, minus 110. Lions minus three and a half, plus 102 against the Bears. Buccaneers on the money line, plus 116 to upset my Falcons. Colts minus two and a half, minus 110. Oh, sorry, not two and a half. That was the, uh, that was the pre-Monday Night Football number. Colts minus one, uh, minus 110 against the Bengals. Uh, Saints minus five and a half, minus 110 against the Panthers. Um... The under between the Jaguars and the Browns, it was 36 and a half was the pre-Monday Night Football number. I'm assuming that's going to drop a couple of points, but regardless, I will take the under between the Jaguars and the Browns, whatever it ends up being. Uh, Texans minus six and a half, minus 110 against the Jets. Seahawks plus 10 and a half, minus 110 against the 49ers. 
Vikings Raiders over 40 and a half minus 110 Bills plus two and a half minus 105 against the Chiefs over 43 between the Broncos and Chargers Cowboys minus three and a half even money Packers minus six and a half minus 105 against the Giants and the Titans plus 14 minus 110 against the Dolphins I'm just noticing as I'm going as I was recapping those picks I'm on a lot of road teams this week. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. So I have three total bets, so that's 12. So nine of my 12 spread bets are on the road team. What could go wrong? Oh, well, you got to treat every single game individually. All right, my five best bets are uh, Buccaneers against the Falcons, Lions against the Bears, Cowboys against the Eagles, Titans against the Dolphins, Packers against the Giants. All five of those are... Oh, no, Cowboys are home. <laughs> uh, Bucks, Lions, Cowboys, Titans, and Packers all to cover are my, are my five best bets this week. My teaser bet... Take the Buccaneers from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half. We are crossing the key numbers of three and seven. And then we're going to take the Packers down from minus six and a half to minus 0.5. So basically pick them against the Giants. So Bucks plus eight and a half, Packers minus 0.5 for my six point teaser of the week. Last week, my teaser lost. I think the teaser has now uh, gone 0 and 2 in the last two weeks because of the Jaguars um, losing to the Browns. The Saints uh, leg of it hit. Plus 10.5, and, and then I teased Jaguars down from 7.5 to minus 1.5. Obviously, they lost to the Bengals, so that lost. A lot of people are on Jaguars teasers. Um, RIP to them. That sucks. Especially because I think they were driving when Trevor Lawrence got hurt, weren't they? Tough. Tough cookies. Um, all right. Survivor, I don't have anything to talk about Survivor because the two picks I gave out last week lost Steelers or Jaguars. So. If you're still in your survivor pool, it's not because you've been listening to me. Um, so if you're still in your survivor pool, keep doing what you're doing. Because don't listen to me because I'll lose it for you. So I got no survivor pick for this week. I'm done. There you have it. This has been the NFL Week 14 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Please uh, be sure to rate and review the podcast. That helps us out a ton. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are slowly but surely growing on YouTube. Thank you all uh, who have done that so far. Um, best of luck with your bets this week. My gambler bless all of your bets. Um, and I'll talk to you all next week for week 15. Uh, the road to 272 bets marches on.